to Glory to Glory, the radio teaching ministry of Calvary Chapel of the Harbor. Join us now in our study as we open the Word together. If you could please open to 1 Peter chapter 3, we're picking up in verse 15. Title of our message here this morning is The Hope Within. The Hope Within. We have hope within. We're going to talk about that. We're to share that hope that we have with others. I love my wife. She finds unique ways about sharing Jesus. And whenever she's on the phone ordering flowers or ordering things online and they ask for her email address, it starts with a J and there's an L in there. So she'll always say, you know, J for Jesus. And there's an L, so she'll say it, L for Lord. And this one time, I remember that she had this young, she was ordering flowers, I believe, but uh, she had this young gentleman on the other line, and so she did this whole thing, J for Jesus, and he didn't get the whole, I think he was just kind of stunned and all, and so she had to repeat it. So she did it with her beautiful accent, Scottish accent, she did it again, you know, J for Jesus and L for Lord. And so he had to give her a confirmation number, and it started with an S, and he goes, and that's S for snake? (laughs) It was almost like he was trying to get back at her or something, like, you dare use that J word. But we have hope within. The hope within is Jesus. There's no other name given under heaven that we might be saved. It's only at the name of Jesus Christ can anybody be saved. It's a powerful name. Jesus Christ is the only one that went to the cross to die for mankind. He became a sin sacrifice to take away the sins of the world. And as the body of Christ, as believers that are here today, it's a It's a short, beautiful message, I believe, just a reminder for us about the hope within. We have Jesus, his spirit living in us, and we need to share that hope to those that ask. So that's what we're going to look at. We're going to kind of zone in on verse 15, but we're going to read three verses here, verses 15, 16, and 17, 1 Peter chapter 3. So I'm going to ask if you could please stand with me as I just read. And we do this, if you're new here today, just so you know, it's not like a religious thing we do, stand and sit, stand and sit. It's not not exercises that we're doing. But it's biblical. In the Old Testament, it talks about when the word was being read, they would stand up in reverence of the word of God. And so we just, we do the same. We're, We're in reverence of the word of God. And this is God speaking to us. So that's why we do it. So verse, uh, verse 15 again, 1 Peter chapter 3, verse 15, the apostle Peter speaking, he says, but sanctify the Lord God in your hearts and always be ready to give a defense to everyone who asked you a reason for the hope that is in you with meekness and fear, having a good conscience that when they defame you as evildoers, those who revile your good conduct in Christ may be ashamed it is better if it is the will of God to suffer for doing good than for doing evil. So Lord, we pray over these verses. We pray over the, the message you have for us again. We just pray, Lord, that uh, we might hear what you in your spirit, Lord, is saying to the church, even to us right now, Lord. In Jesus' name, amen. 
Amen. You can be seated again. Thank you. So we've been looking at the apostle Peter's writing to a group that's exiled. They're removed from their homeland. They're removed from Israel. They're scattered out through Asia Minor, modern-day Turkey. By the way, we're planning on we're planning our, uh, our Israel trip. We're so excited about our Israel trip. And one of the places that we're going to go is the island Patmos, where, uh, where John wrote the book of Revelation. So we're going to just, we'll talk more about it in the future. But, uh, but as we talk about Asia Minor, it's Turkey. So we're just going to stop there. But I've never been to the island Patmos, so I am so excited about that part of our tour. So, so pray about it. What, what are the dates we're looking at? Do you know where? About March 9th, 2020. So, you know, you might want to save the date if you want to go with us. And I think by next Sunday, we'll have a lot more detail for you. So we're working on that. We're very excited. So that's all it takes to trigger my mind here. So hold on a second. Let me go back. (laughs) So he's writing to people that are persecuted, people that are suffering, people that are going through some difficult times, and he's, he's writing to give them hope. He's writing to give them encouragement. He's writing to give them instruction. And we've been... We've been receiving a lot of instruction. He's been writing to different groups, as we've been looking at over the past few weeks, husbands and wives, how to treat one another, citizens, how to submit to government, and and different groups, servants, to submit to their employees. But in this section, he's writing to all of us that are believers. So if you're a believer here today in Jesus Christ, this part is for you. This part is for me. And it's, so it's specifically saying all of us. So for, it's for all of us that are believers. So I want to zone in back in verse 15. And we're pretty much going to camp out with this verse so you know. And he writes again, he says, but sanctify the Lord God in your hearts as believers, Today, it's a reminder that we're to sanctify the Lord God in our hearts. The word sanctify means to set apart, to consecrate. To, to, it means to give him the primary place in the sanctuary of your heart. It should be Jesus. He should be above everything. He should be above every person. He should be in that place, being number one. And that's where he wants to be. He he wants to be preeminent. He wants to be first. Sanctify the Lord God in your heart. And when we have a study like this, it's good for us to stop and to to ponder and to do like an inventory check on our heart to say, is Jesus really number one in my heart? And only you know that. But it's good for us to stop and take this time to do an inventory of my heart and of your heart. And when I was doing this study, I'm like, are you, Lord Jesus, the sanctuary of my heart? Are, are you number one? Are you the ruler of my heart? You see, when you gave your life to Jesus Christ, you, you gave him ownership and you said, Lord, be, be Lord of my life. Take over my life. Rule over me. And there's sometimes what we can do is we can, we can allow other things to rule us instead of Jesus. And this is a good time to just really take an inventory and say, is he really preeminent? Is he really ruling? Is he really number one? Does he really sit on the throne of your life? He wants to. He desires to do that. I remember Ray, over here, Pat and Ray, that 
Years ago, when they first started coming to the church, they, we did a message here about Jesus being number one, and, and, you know, is Jesus number one in your life, and is he preeminent, and all that, and, and Ray said, he told me the story after, he says, you know, I got upset, or I wasn't, you know, I wasn't happy with you, he says, but because Jesus wasn't number one in my life, and he said, I had to make Jesus number one in my life, and that his testimony as he sits here right now, he said that radically changed him and he hasn't been the same since. And we've even noticed, you know, God is just working a special work in his heart and it's, it's a wonderful thing. But he had to come to that realization and we can, we can say, oh yeah, God's number one, Jesus is number one, but what really consumes you? What really consumes your time? What really consumes your thought life? What really consumes us? And I have to take an inventory. Lately I've been, I, I went like guesstimating about 18 years without having coffee because coffee bothered my stomach. I couldn't handle it. You know, I love coffee. I love the smell of coffee. When people make coffee, I just love coffee, you know. But for the last 18 years, I just, you know, it was just too radical. My digestion wasn't handling it, so I had to cut it out of my life. And, and then just recently, I found out that, that they make coffee that's low acidic and it's, a, a, what is it called, Arabica coffee or whatever, and that, but there's a certain kind and it's, you know, you can buy it organic. So I've been trying these different coffees and I found one that I really love and I just, it's so awesome and I've been drinking it lately and I'm just like, wow, it's like a whole new world. I mean, it's just, it's weird. <laughs> but just the other morning, I, I woke up at like 3.30. I don't know if you do this. I just wide awake. I couldn't go back to sleep. So I spend time with the Lord and I'm just, you know, hanging out with praying and having my devotional time, you know, and so I was up from 3.30 to 5.30, and I was just so tired, and I just thought, you know, I need to get a little bit of sleep at least, so I went back to bed for a little while, and I woke up, you know, and had to get my day started, and I was just so tired, I didn't want to get out of bed, and so I'm just, so I'm just talking to the Lord, and I said, Lord, I've got no strength, Lord, I've got nothing, I just, I need, you, please touch me and fill me, and, and then I started thinking about the coffee, And I thought, I can't wait to get out of bed to have a cup of coffee. (laughs) But listen to this, though. Listen. I can get so consumed with things. I don't know about you, but I can. And it's not like, you know, coffee's great and everything. And I think even the Lord used that to, to remind me, hey, you know, this could help, you know, come up and have some coffee. And, and it was a great thing. It helped me to get up. And I was like, yes, you know, that sounds good. And this is so good. But I have to realize that there's many things in my life that can try to take that first place instead of God. My time, my mind, my, it, can, it can consume me. And it can consume you. Even good things. He wants to rule. He wants to be preeminent. He wants to be first. Sanctify him in the sanctuary of your heart and set him apart. Make sure that he's there. He's number one. We can enjoy good things. We can enjoy life and everything. God wants us to enjoy the good things of life, but he doesn't want those things to consume us above him. A good thing can become a bad thing if it keeps us away from the main thing. And the main thing is God, Jesus. If it's keeping you away from the main thing, it can become a bad thing, even though it's a good thing. Are you following me? (laughs) Did that make any sense? Do we need to rewind? (laughs) (laughs) Sanctify the Lord God in your hearts. I love what we're told in Galatians 2.20. You know this. Paul the Apostle writing, 
He says, I have been crucified with Christ. It's no longer I who lives, but Christ lives in me. In the life which I now live, in the flesh, I live by faith in the Son of God who loved me and gave himself for me. I've been crucified with Christ. It's no longer I who lives. My life is given over to him. And it's a wonderful thing. When you allow God to control your life, watch out. Watch out what he's going to do far more exceedingly abundantly above all you can ask or think of. I love what Paul said to the church in Corinth, 1 Corinthians 10, 13, and I love this. No temptation has overtaken you except such as common to man. But God, you notice this, who's faithful? God is faithful. So you're gonna be tempted. Every one of us are gonna be tempted to allow something to consume us, to take that first place in your life, to consume you and, and get you, Get you, uh, make you distracted and take your focus off of God. And so there's temptation, but realize it's common to man. We're all tempted. We all have temptations. It's, it's common, but God is faithful. What is he faithful to do? He will not allow you to be tempted beyond what you are able, but with the temptation will also make the way of, can we say that word together? Escape. Escape. Don't you like that word? Escape. So he's not going to tempt you beyond what you can handle, but with that temptation, he's going to give you an escape. And can I say this? Take the escape. Because you know what happens if you don't take the escape. It's like right here, and it's like, well, you know, that's not that tempting. You know, that's okay. And I say, well, let's just look, just touch it for a minute. Oh, that's not too bad. The next thing you know, you're just like all consumed with it. Whatever that, this, not the microphone, okay, but whatever that might be. And God is telling us, take the escape. Run away. God's not going to tempt you beyond what you can handle, but with that temptation, he's going to provide an escape, and he's saying, run to that escape that you may be able to bear it. If you don't run, it's going to overtake you. And there might be someone today that needs to run away from something in his life right now. And God's saying, just run away from it. Let it go. Run to me. But look at this, verse 14. So most of us know this, verse 13. But verse 14, it says, therefore, my beloved, look at this, flee. That means run from idolatry. That means anything that we put before, anything we worship before God, anything we put before God, he's saying, run away from it. Don't toy with it. Don't play with it. Just totally run away from it. I, I mean, sometimes they'll say, you know, amputate it. If there's something in your life that's consuming you and really taking your focus off God and the things of God, amputate it. Cut it off. Don't even go near it. Don't even touch it. Flee from it. So sanctify the Lord God in your hearts. Remember when the disciples went to John the Baptist and they were worried because more people were following after Jesus and they were like thinking, hey, what's going on? Why are they following you know, him instead of you? And remember what John the Baptist said, John 3.30? Talking about Jesus, he says, he must increase, but I, can we say it together? Must decrease. He's like, don't worry, that's, that's what I want him to do is follow Jesus. I'm, I'm supposed to decrease. He's supposed to increase. Let's look back, verse 15 again. And always be ready to give a defense to everyone who asks you a reason for the hope that is in you with meekness and fear. 
We're to share our faith. We're to tell people about the Lord. We're not to do it arrogantly. We're not to do it pridefully. We're not to do it to win a debate or to win an argument. No, we're to do it to win souls. Don't fall in the trap to try to win an argument. Try to win a debate. We have hope within us. If you're a note-taker, that word defense, the Greek word is apologia. It's where we get our English word apology or apologetics. Apologia, you know, it's not like we apologize. Oh, I'm so sorry, I'm so sorry, I believe in Jesus. I'm so sorry, I'm sorry to offend you. It's, it's, I'm so sorry that hurts you. I'm so sorry that bothers you. That's not what that means. It's not to apologize. It's, it's a, to have a defense, to be able to, to tell people why, what, why we believe what we believe and able to have a defense to tell them why we believe and what we believe in. But the word also can be translated answer. It's as simple as having an answer for the hope that's within us. That's even how the King James Version translates it. Is it an answer? We're to have an answer. And can I give you a clue what the answer is? It starts with a J, ends with an S. I truly believe we can complicate the gospel into a place where it's not even supposed to be. Jesus. So let me simplify this. Have a defense or an answer for everyone who asks you. Do you realize they're gonna ask you why? Because you've sanctified the Lord Christ in your heart. God's in your heart. You're a changed person. They're noticing a difference. They're gonna come to you. They're gonna ask you, what in the world is going on with you? We want an answer. What, What happened to you? Well, I was spiritually empty, but Jesus. I was spiritually blind, but Jesus. I had no hope, but Jesus. I had fear and anxiety, but Jesus. I was filled with sin and guilt and shame, but Jesus. I had loneliness deep inside, but Jesus. I was bound in sin, but Jesus. Jesus has saved me. Jesus has come into my life. It's Jesus. We have the answer. It's Jesus. Well, how come you don't uh, hang out and party all the time and get drunk and go out doing the things we used to do? Jesus. How come you go to church all the time? Jesus. How come you're not getting angry all the time and cussing and swearing like you used to? Well, Jesus. We have the answer, and it's Jesus. A while back, there was a lady that used to live in Broadmoor, a few doors down over here. And she would come to our church occasionally and she told me how her friend that lives in Broadmoor, he lived two or three doors down right over here in Broadmoor, the condos. And she told me that he was dying of cancer and she was, it was really bothering her and she was very torn up. And I prayed for her and I said, I, said, I want to go talk to this man before he dies. Is he a Christian? She says, no, he's, I think he was a, a science professor. And she says, she says, he doesn't want to talk to you, I'm sure. You know, he, he doesn't want anything to do with Christianity. And I says, well, please give me an appointment. Just tell him. I tell him that pastor wants to talk with you. And, and so she, I run into her time after time. And did you talk to him? No, I didn't do it. Did you talk to him? No, I didn't do it. Well, she calls me one day and she says, uh, you won't believe this. The family asked if the pastor from this church would be able to go talk to John. And it was the daughter who was a Christian. And I said, I'd love to go talk with John. So John was laying there, and he, you could tell he didn't have long to live. And I said, John, can I pray right now? And he says, yes. 
and we prayed and we called out to God in the name of Jesus and God showed up in that room and filled that room in a powerful way. I said, John, do you believe that Jesus Christ died on the cross for your sins? He said, yes. I said, do you believe you're a sinner, John? He says, yes. I said, John, are you ready to accept Christ as your personal Lord and Savior and repent and, and tell God that you're sorry and turn from your sin? He says, yes. I said, John, let's pray. I says, because if you accept Jesus Christ as your personal Lord and Savior and you repent of all your sin, he'll forgive you of your sin and you will go to heaven when you die. It was so awesome as John was praying with his mind and I was saying, you know, leading him in a sinner's prayer. When I got to the point, you know, fill me with your Holy Spirit, he kind of looked at me like, I don't even know what that is. And I says, well, the Holy Spirit, and I exp- explained the Holy Spirit, you know, the third person of the Godhead, and explained that the Holy Spirit comes to live in us and gives us new life. And he's like, okay, he says, yes, I'll pray, you know, fill me with your Holy Spirit, God. And his family were crying because they were, you know, the daughter's a Christian, his ex-wife was there, she's a Christian, and they were just weeping and crying and saying, thank you, God, and thank you for saving John. And John prayed to accept Christ. Do you know, that's the last day he could speak. He lost his voice after that. Four days later, he went to be with the Lord. I didn't have a theological debate with John. He wasn't wanting a theological debate at that point. He needed Jesus. He needed Jesus. There's no other name given among men that we might be saved. It's only at the name of Jesus Christ. He's the only one that can save us. It's Jesus Christ. He's the only one that died upon the cross of Calvary. His blood was shed on the cross of Calvary to wash away our sins. All of sin, all fall short of the glory of God. We all are sinners. But the good news is Jesus Christ gave his life to become a sin sacrifice for us, to take away our sin, that we, though we're sinners, can be forgiven and we can be washed and we can be made clean and we can have new life. If anyone is in Christ, he's a new creation. If anyone is in Christ, he's a new creation. Old things have passed away. Behold, everything becomes new, amen? Amen. Everything becomes new. He cleans us up. He washes us. And he gives us hope beyond the grave. To be absent from our body as a believer in Jesus Christ, to be absent from our body means that we'll be in the presence of the Lord for all eternity. Amen? Amen. People need to know. And you might say, well, pastor, they don't want to hear. Yeah, they might not want to hear, but it's our job just to, to just give them, you know, Jesus. That's what people did with me. Just gave me Jesus little time bomb, Jesus loves you, he died on the cross for your sin, and I was like, don't tell me that. And I'm a pastor. And we need to continue to go to the cross, that we would have a good conscience, as it goes on to say in our text. He he wants us to have a good conscience that we we can talk with boldness and share with boldness because we're forgiven. The hope within us is Jesus. He's the only one that can save man. I love what Pascal, the French mathematician, the inventor and theologian, he said, I love this. I don't know if you've heard this before. He says, there's a God-shaped vacuum in the heart of every man which cannot be satisfied by any created thing but only by God, the creator, made known through Jesus Christ. 
He says there's a God-shaped vacuum in every man that only can be filled with relationship with God. And I found that to be true in my own life. I, I was trying to find satisfaction in this thing and that thing and this and that and this and that. And guess what? I was empty, 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 empty. Because that, that hole, that void needed to be filled with God through Jesus Christ. And then it was filled. And everyone on this earth is the same. Do you know that? Listening to Glory to Glory with Pastor Joe Pettick, an outreach of Calvary Chapel of the Harbor. If you would like to enter into a personal relationship with Jesus Christ, call now at 714-788-8221. That's 714-788-8221. We'd like to extend an invitation to visit us here at Calvary Chapel of the Harbor. Our address is 16450 Pacific Coast Highway in Huntington Beach, California, 92649. We're located in Peter's Landing Marina in Huntington Harbor. Our Sunday service times are 10 a.m. and 12 o'clock noon. Our Tuesday evening Bible study begins at 7 p.m. Now, may we continue to go to His throne of mercy as He changes us from glory to glory.